podcast for November 5th, 2010. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from Fear and Loathing, the golden years. It's The Professional Left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Oh, everyone ready? Heavy sigh. Ready? <sighs> I have my crying hanky out. <laughs> it's... It's a shellacking, just It's remember. a shellacking, my friend, yeah. yeah. Got our asses kicked. But you know what? What's true about enlightenment is true about elections, Drift Glass. What's that? Before elections, chop wood, carry water. <laughs> After elections, <laughs> yeah. chop wood, carry water. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm afraid you're right, Blue Gal. You, you know, right. and, and this is going to take – the mess we're in now is going to take 40 years to fix, and we yep. are on the side of the angels helping to fix it. Moving on and and lean forward, you know all lean that forward. all that forward business. Yeah. Well, and mist- it wasn't really a mistake, but the the oversight that our political class made in mm-hmm. 2008 was the idea that as we tried to clean up the mess mm-hmm. of the last really the last 40 years, economic, foreign policy, everything, mm-hmm. try to get this country back from the brink, we would have people standing behind us pushing us as hard as they could to fall further into the mm-hmm. hole mm-hmm. and that those people would not, you know, that at some point the leader of the free world wouldn't turn around with a snow shovel and smack them in the face. Yeah. Yeah. And say either pick up a shovel or shut the fuck up, but yeah. quit trying to wreck the country. And it is clear to me now that Barack Obama in, in version 1.0, mm-hmm. which I'm, I'm sincerely hoping we get the version 2.0 out before, you know, too long. <laughs> Is constitutionally incapable of uh, fighting. And you mean in terms of his his constitution, his not the personal, US physical, mental, emotional yeah, wiring. Right. He's simply not capable. He's of not going to do it. He's not going to change. And he can't do it. He can't do he it. Can't he's not mentally, capable of. No. Which yeah. means he has to hire people who can do that for him. Yeah. Or get himself coached on it. Which is exactly um, why I've advocated for the past two days that he needs to hire Alan Grayson as his chief yeah. of staff and just have him show up to all of the hearings uh-huh. that, you know, Michelle Bachman wants to have. Like, oh, you want to uh-huh. have a hearing about something, Michelle? Well, you know, Alan Grayson is going to be there to answer your questions. <laughs> bitch. Guess, guess, <laughs> guess what his answer is going to He's going to borrow Carl Palladino's big orange big, bat. Big orange bat. He's going to bring yeah. it. <laughs> And he's going to say things like, "What do I amuse you? Am I like a clown to you? Are you hypnotized? Uh, uh. Hey, Daryl Issa, go home, get your shine box. You know, <laughs> sorry, a lot of Goodfellas references, a lot of uh, a lot of mafia references, because that's really the kind of people we're talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who don't? I mean, the only way, clearly, the only way to deal with these people is to bring lots of pain on them, drop lots of pain on their heads." And this president, I don't uh, agree that he should have come out, you know, swinging the day after. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, he is still the leader of the country. Everyone on the planet watches everything he does. Yep. He still has to be, he still has to be very measured and very careful in what everything he says. Mm-hmm. I get that, mm-hmm. but I, I do have a theory, and we can get to this later if you'd like, Blue Gal. But well, I do have ahead. a theory Just... why he is incapable of doing this. I well, really do blame, I blame Michelle Obama. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I blame Don't you be talking smack about Michelle. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> that's and, my Michelle. <laughs> I know. And, and, and that's exactly the problem. Yeah. Um, What's the problem? His, his problem is that his only you know, intimate relationship for his entire adult life has been with someone who's grown up, adult, 
and with whom he raises children and mm-hmm. obviously successfully mm-hmm. and with whom he has a mature who's as tough as he is and as smart as he is and with whom he has a mature adult relationship. Mm. So every time there's a problem and there's always a problem in marriages, they talk about it. Yeah. They work it out. Yeah. They settle things. They compromise. You know, he apologizes when he doesn't need to. She apologizes when she doesn't need to. They they are sensitive to each other's moods and they give each other. You well, know, and her room. mother is there to cock punch him anytime he gets exactly. out of line. Too. Yeah. Very, very Truman esque of him, I might. <laughs> but his only experience with intimate relationships are when the person with whom he is involved doesn't want to kill him in his sleep. Yeah, yeah. And well, I think what Barack Obama really needed was a really bad horrible – Bad marriage. <laughs> bad marriage. Mm-hmm. At some point you realize, oh, reasoning is not going to work. Yeah. Because they really would rather burn the fucking place down just to hurt you. Mm-hmm. And what he cannot seem to understand you know, is that the people he is now involved in a forced marriage with yeah. Yeah. want to piss on his grave. Their, their top priority is not jobs, it's not the economy, it's not pollution, it's not energy, it's it's destroying his political career. Yes, exactly. And if they have, and if they and have they stated that. They stated Mitch McConnell it. stated that outright that that yes. was his goal. And I, I will I will go all Oprah on your ass. Um, <laughs> one thing I believe Oprah Winfrey once first said: Michelle which, Obama, then Oprah. First, what is it you have? What is I'm, this? I'm going I'm going all the, I'm going there today. <laughs> is I, I think Oprah once said this, and God help me, I'm quoting Oprah Winfrey. But believe what people tell you. Yeah. yeah. When a person looks at you and says, "I'm a bad person," you know what? They're probably a bad person. Yeah. And when the you know when the leader of the opposition has spent two years telling you I want to destroy you yeah. I do not want to compromise with you yeah. and I'm going to lie and cheat and steal and defraud and pump corporate money into every race on the planet to to crash your your party and I, and, and and just I'm going to bring up mobs of crazy people huh? I'm well, you know, and you know Dukov, it's funny you should say it that way because I have mm-hmm. to confess I did spend part of election night. Watching Millionaire Matchmaker, which is my <laughs> guilty pleasure. Well, that's what election my night was. Guilty was, was, pleasure. Yeah. It was. It was Millionaire Matchmaker. But yeah. the, the guy they had on, and anyone else who's watched Millionaire Matchmaker knows what happened that night. They had on a 31 year old guy who says he's ready for love and marriage and children, right? Mm-hmm. And he's an Italian New Yorker there in New York City. So he's, he's in New York. He's an Italian. He's got his buddies. He's got the, this posse of four friends that do everything together outside of work. Mm-hmm. Everything. They spend from five o'clock after, you know, after work until the next morning. They're out partying. And that's his life. Is he, that's what he does for fun. Hanging and banging with the boys. Hanging and banging with the boys is his life. And he made it clear to the matchmaker that this is what I want to do. And whoever I have in my life has to get along with my boys. Uh And uh, the matchmaker was very clear that the boys couldn't come on the date. The boys were there for the interview with the matchmaker. I mean, it was really (laughs) bad. She kicked them out of her office. No, they have to go. You know, this is about you and finding love and all this sort of thing. So then he, he meets two women through the matchmaker and he has to pick one. The, the conversation is always about, you know, what do you like to do for fun? What do you like to do? What, what's your life like, et cetera? Very generic kind of thing. And he said to both of the women that he was kind of interviewing, I like to get drunk. Man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Flat out. Not. Yeah. You know, I know getting drunk is something I really like doing. Yeah. And 
shock of a lifetime, you know, the the young lady decides that she'll go out with him and the matchmaker says it's okay. And he takes her to dinner where at a sushi restaurant where he proceeds to order uh, sake bombs. Oh, good. And drink hers for her. Mm-hmm. And then, well, we're going to go someplace else. We're going to go to a rooftop bar where his four boys are waiting to check <laughs> her out on a first date. You know, uh-huh. and the reason I'm bringing all of this up is this is exactly what's happening with Mitch McConnell, uh-huh. which yeah. is he's telling you, he's telling you, I like to get drunk on tax cuts. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And on destroying your presidency. And we yeah. are going to be – this. the next two years is going to be investigations me and, and me and my boys and Daryl Issa investigating huh? 200 things. He's got a list of 200 things, 200 questions that Barack Obama needs to answer. You know, uh-huh. Yeah, right off the bat. And so what we need is – seriously, I really think we need Alan Grayson as chief of staff, someone yeah. with that kind of disregard and contempt – yeah, yeah, we'll we'll come right over and uh, answer your subpoena as soon as Carl Rove answers his. Yeah, you know that's and and really take that attitude of you guys are beyond reasoning with. Yeah, and, and there's we're no not reason be, why I should not, date you because I know what you're going right. to do. And we're and we're not trying any. We're not going to try no. anymore. You know, there there comes a point in the bad relationship where you realize you have to. You know, it's over. Now there are things that are going to pass this year. The sure. for sure the tax cut for middle class Americans. We'll get through. And uh-huh. probably, probably, I will say, and I will predict an infrastructure bill will get through before mm-hmm. summer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really short window where that money needs to go out to make an impact on roads and bridges in 2011. And people, uh, congressional people have bridges in their districts that they sure. want to have fixed. So sure. it's in everybody's interest to do that. But beyond that, I, really, there's you know, nothing that's going to happen. Even that, it is not Daryl Issa who, or Mitch McConnell with whom I have a particular disagreement. I mean, I do, but mm-hmm. they are, as I've said before in this podcast, they are the emergent properties yeah. of a political movement and a group of people, mm-hmm. a group of your friends and neighbors and family and you know colleagues who are just fucking crazy. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter you know, if a bridge falls down and I can blame it on Barack Obama. That's Even it. though it's yeah. my fault, then it's let's let that district. bridge fall yeah. down. Yeah. Because yeah. the people in my district are so stupid, so completely brainwashed yeah. that I can actually go out there in the middle of the night with a welding torch, cut all of the um, supports, wire it up, blow it up, watch it collapse, stand there with the, the detonator in my hand and blame Barack Obama – and the no-neck mouth Kenyan breathers in my village yeah. will, will scream about the Kenyan usurper well, because they're and just that, that fucking that Congressman, who was my congressman in Alabama, uh, Spencer mm-hmm. Bacchus, saying, you know, Barack Obama might force us to shut the government down. Yeah. Oh, yes. my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and, again, and his not- Alabama constituents, you know, the Republicans in that district, oh, yeah, that Barack Obama, he might force oh. them to do that. Michelle Bachman won again, yeah. re-election. You know, Michelle Bachman, who is stone cold nuts, who's completely out of her fucking tree, won re-election because the people in her district are imbeciles Mm -hmm. and are unfit to be citizens of the United States. They really don't pass basic citizenship test of, you you know, you can't run. Pardon me? 
yeah, voting citizenship, I would. Yeah, say. you can't. We don't want to get into eliminationist rhetoric. No, 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 I, I'm you, a little worried you, about you that. You cannot be. You can't participate in our political process anymore if you're dumb enough to reelect Michelle Bachman. Michelle Bachman. <laughs> you, you've, you've disqualified yourself, and and furthermore, you've disqualified yourself from me taking you seriously right. as she as represents you. Really, the Real Housewife the, of Teabagger County yeah. represents you. Okay. And the fact that you know Sharon Angle got 46, 47 percent oh, of the vote in, in Nevada means that 46 or 47 percent. Uh, percent of voters in Alabama or, or, or in Nevada. Uh, Nevada. Let's not even talk about the people who were too fucking lazy to go to the polls at all. Yeah. And mind you, Harry Reid is my idea of the worst of the worst. That was, and that Democratic was an astonishing politician. part of the evening was me sitting there going, wow, I'm sitting here on the edge of my bed waiting to hoping and praying that yeah. Harry Reid gets reelected. That's yeah. that's where I've been brought to. Yeah. <laughs> As a progressive, I, I, I'm saying, please I, let Harry Reid win. I'm rooting for Dracula because really? he's better than Frankenstein. <laughs> oh, my God. That's what we're reduced to. But we were. And yeah. for the 40-some-odd percent of the voters in Nevada who voted for Sharon Angle, despite the fact that she – everything she did, you people are not fit to participate. Well, they're voting the against the brown people. That's what they're doing. There's no. no let me, let me be very clear about this. They are not fit to participate in our Election, democracy yeah. anymore. Yeah. They are simply incompetent to be citizens. Well, and they reelected and, and, the governor of Arizona, too. I mean, and well, and yes, and, they, and furthermore. Dan Brewer, who had a stroke during a debate, you know, yes. or something, a major brain fart. Yes. And I don't want to make fun of stroke victims, but I, she really lost it, you know, she mentally lost it. Lost it. she said crazy shit about. Yep dead bodies in the desert and she said a bunch of other silly nonsense and was reelected yep. as the governor as the, you know the crazy ass governor but this, that's the state that gave us Fife Symington and you know John McCain and John McCain and so it doesn't surprise me that that's, but but other than you know other than stating the obvious fact that these people are simply not fit to be voters the people who participate, the voters are never the story that's what's so frustrating yeah. you know you get yeah. someone like Andrew Sullivan saying you know if the American people don't reject the rove Dick Morris form of politics that this sort of thing will go on forever. Andrew, baby, and I wrote Andrew uh, yeah. uh, Sullivan an email saying, Andrew, and he never writes me back. Oh. Um, Andrew, the American people don't exist. There is no such thing as the American people other than, other than as citizens of a particular country and a ge- we share a geographic commonality, mm. but it's a grand falloon. You know, it's, it's the it's what. Uh, Kurt Vonnegut called the Grand Falloon a gr- grand and glorious and meaningless association. Yep. There are people who absolutely believe Sharon Angle is awesome. They're yep. called conservatives. They're wrecking the country. Mm-hmm. They're your people, Andrew. And then there are people who have been warning you this is coming for 40 years. Yeah. Those people are called liberals. Now, we happen to live in the same country, but there are a group of people who are dead wrong about almost everything almost all the time. So why don't you concentrate your rage and your and your and your, on cr- those your voters, critical ability yeah. on those people instead of saying the American people this, the American people that? Bullshit. Yep. Half, almost half this country knows better than to elect lunatics and. But the other half is politics. has their own media, and we've talked about yeah, this before. Exactly. Uh, exactly. The, there was only I only saw one commentator the whole evening and the whole process say that the big problem was there is this very large group of voters that gets all their information from Fox News. And yeah. that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that Fox News is feeding these voters mm-hmm. is paranoia. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been going on since 
you know, the anti-communism crusade of the 50s. Absolutely. And we don't, you know, it's a Cold War style of thinking. I couldn't believe the picture I saw in the New Yorker magazine of Sharon Engel at this march. And mm-hmm. someone was holding up a sign with Joe McCarthy holding mm-hmm. a poster of Barack Obama. And underneath in red letters, it said, vindicated. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, yeah. you know, Joe McCarthy is vindicated by mm-hmm. the Obama presidency that, oh, there are mm-hmm. communists in our midst. And, of course, you know, the Fox News viewer doesn't know the difference between communist, fascist, socialist, and Kenyan. You mm-hmm. know, that's yeah. all one Real big bad, bad well, thing. And, and driving um, – I, I drove a sibling to the uh, airport today. And driving back, I just flipped on Rush Limbaugh for four minutes. Yeah. And I heard him say that the stimulus money all went – the stimulus money was a giant slush fund to buy elections – because no jobs were created. No jobs were created. Everyone knows that for a fact. No jobs were created. That was a slush fund for Harry Reid to use to destroy them. He, he, he called us Marxists. Mm-hmm. And the reason that Sharon Engel lost were union thugs. Yeah, yeah. So in the space of like four minutes, he crammed it because it, it really is like Mad Libs. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. acorn union Marxist, you know, mm-hmm. and the sign. And, and the reason this works is these people are, their brains are wired to respond to this Bircher 50s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. commie, yeah. under-your-bed mentality that, that Glenn Beck now personifies. Yep. There's a, we're, we're talking, because we've both read this really good New Yorker article from uh, mm-hmm. October 18th about uh, Glenn Beck and the, and the John Birch Society and how he's actually using authors of pamphlets from John Birch from 1962 and recommending putting them back on the bestseller list. This, this is really recycled, Cold War, oh. paranoia, freak-out. One thing that white conservative America seems to need is secret, you know, their secret plots and our secret information. And Glenn Beck's always going to reveal some secret information that's not really taught in the history books. But I'll teach you. Let me put up. I've got my pipe here because I'm going to mm-hmm. teach you some mm-hmm. real history. I've got the real, real history here. Mm-hmm. And this conspiracy stuff, this and and uh, there's no way for the adults in the GOP to combat that. Well, there and there aren't any adults in the show. Left, I. It's, there it's, aren't. Yeah. It's it's a it's a, it is a man. You know, the gargoyles have taken the cathedral, as the yeah. saying goes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they are now the lunatics are are not just running the asylum. They're the board of the directors of the yeah. asylum, mm-hmm. and they're the shareholders in the asylum. Yep. And and it and the reason is because there's so much goddamn money in it. Yeah. You know, if you can get forty percent of this of the American public to keep shooting themselves in the head and blaming liberals for loading the gun or mm-hmm. pulling the trigger or mm-hmm. secret conspiracies, you can fleece these people, you know, generation after generation after mm-hmm. generation. Mm-hmm. And and that's the point. The point is th- the, the the point that we're trying to make, I think, is this is not new. No. None of this is new. The thing that's maddening is this is old. Yeah. And I would like to read you um a quick quote, Blue Gal. Yeah. Very fast from an old post I did called the Dolchstoss, which is a German, old German um, mythology about being stabbed in the back. Oh, okay. You know, before the rise of the Third Reich, you know the, the 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 whole you know the whole German between the wars there was this whole oh, yeah. mythology yeah. about secret internal enemies and being stabbed in the back and the, and the, the control of the media by okay. Jews or liberals. Yep. Uh, and it was it was identical. It was verbatim the kind of paranoid nonsense. Well, and, and the Nazis that, had yeah. in their corner. Mm-hmm. Economic collapse, and that's what led people to feel that they could trust. Yes, nationalism as the answer to their problems. By, yeah, and they were funded by billionaire industrialists. Yeah, 
So, you know, it's not exactly, we're not exactly reaching here for Godwin's law. It's no, just that's the history of Europe. And that's how Europe was ruined, was mm-hmm. believing, feeding people this paranoid nonsense as a secret, a secret knowledge that nobody else had. Right. But I'm going to read you this very quick article. Uh, uh, this was written in response to an editorial written by a guy named Maury Riskin. And I'm giving a little bit away if you know who Maury Riskin is. And the, the editorial writer says that Mr. Riskin seems unable to understand there's a vast difference between the criticism of a man or a party and setting up of criteria of patriotism, which equates differences of opinion with disloyalty. Mm-hmm. And we need an enlightened, watchful, and articulate opposition. We have no need for semi-secret societies who are absolutist, dictatorial, and would substitute for the rule of law and reason an indiscriminate assault on the institutions of this republic. Mm-hmm. The far right cannot discount the fact that sitting in their parlor is the Ku Klux Klan, yep. the American Nazi Party, yep. every racist group in the United States, and not a few of few of some fascist orders that have scrambled their way up from the sewers to a position of new respectability. Yeah. yeah. That was written in 1964 by Rod Serling. Everybody take a drink. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. That's forty-five years yes, ago. Yes, exactly. Forty-five exactly. years ago, Rod exactly. Serling was saying, "Look, the Republican Party is being taken over by bigots and racists, mm-hmm. and you really have to be careful of that." And that's why, you know, I, that's what is so hilarious on the one hand, from a long-term point of view, mm-hmm. and frustrating. Yeah, is that is that the people who you're trying to convince? You know, I, I, I honestly, Blue Gal, I'm I'm done trying to convince conservatives of anything. Mm-hmm. Because you can trot out a whole bill of particulars. I can spend three days with my whole pocket full of facts and logic and history, et cetera, et cetera. And at the end of that, they won't change their mind one fucking iota mm-hmm. because because they're wired that way. They're wired to be authoritarian. And, yeah. and wired to believe in paranoid conspiracy theories. Yeah, yeah. And once, and once they take power – as they did after George Bush was reelected. It's like, look, you've, you've reelected, you know, this, this, you've had four years to look at this guy and you're still going to vote for him. And after he was reelected, they just sort of, I, we got the smirking, the, <laughs> we won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, yes. Congratulations. You succeeded in screwing the constitution, yeah. wrecking the U.S. military and bankrupting the country. Yeah. But we made liberals mad. Mm-hmm. It pissed liberals off. So it was worth it. And again, you don't understand that kind of mindset until you've been in a really horrible relationship Yeah, where you you look at the person holding kerosene and a, Mm -hmm. and a, and a Mm -hmm. cigarette lighter. Um, and everything is soaked in kerosene, including them. Yeah. And they would rather set themselves on fire to hurt you until you've been in a bad relationship where the person would, 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 would rather suffer themselves as long as they can make you suffer. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you really have no business running for president. I think because you'll never understand how politics is played in this country. Well, and and he's not doing this alone, and he does have a staff, and he he needs to hire a hired gun to do it for he him. He does. This idea that we have elected a uh, Spock-like character who de- who you know it's like yeah. Stephen Colbert said it's not that he doesn't feel your pain, it's that he can't feel anything else. It's emo Obama, <laughs> you know. Um, and that's yeah. that's funny, but you know, I really I really get a sense. Of they believe in the White House that they rescued all of us from the Great Depression, and maybe they did. And, and in fact, I think they probably did. But the yes. result of that was they rescued Wall Street and corporations. Yes. And this is different. This this is not 
they thought that the the standard rules applied that once you rescue Wall Street, Wall Street then takes you. care of Main Street and that right. it, it will be okay. And right. now we're at the point where Wall Street realizes it doesn't have to take care of Main Street. It can take no. care of itself in China and yes. and you know, if they and get in trouble, yeah. they'll be bailed out again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we they you know the the they saved the pirates ship mm-hmm. from going down. Yeah. And they expected the pirates to be grateful. Yeah. And like, dude, have you ever seen a pirate movie? <laughs> Do you understand how pirates think? And the answer is is no. And and there were there were so many different ways to, you know, this was all, you know, this was not a matter of action. Yeah. You know, there there are lots of actions that the Obama administration has taken that you know we can fault them for, and we have. Mm-hmm. You know. The fact that we still still have a Guantanamo Bay open. Yeah. The fact that we still have rendition. The fact that you can you know all the the whole bill of particulars. And I'm using yep. that that sentence twice. That's all there. But the Obama administration has done many good things, mm-hmm. and then didn't talk about them at all. Right. Right. And that just completely fucking mystifies me. Well, it's like it's, you it's, haven't. It's political well, naivete. No, it's it's political malpractice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've got. Literally millions of people working on or near the executive branch. Mm-hmm. You have the best political minds in America at your disposal, and you have you know a bunch of advertising companies, and you and you set up one of the most impressive political get out the vote organizations in modern history. Yes, and you couldn't flip the switch on that to get people to think that maybe not having the auto industry collapse was a good thing. Yeah, and 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 also, I mean. I don't know how you felt about it, Driftglass, but I remember when the Health Care Reform Act finally passed. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they said about it that first day was most of this doesn't take effect until 2013. And yeah. I just put my head in my hands and went, yep. that's, that's a political disaster because yeah. no one will have any idea how this is going to impact their lives until Absolutely. it actually does because they don't have any vision for yeah. you know this being – and. And, you know, thousands of people called Washington, their congressmen and their their uh, insurance companies. And there was lots and lots of phone calls the next day about getting their kid, their 26-year-old, on their insurance yeah. policy. Please, let me do that. Yeah. You know, and, and it's – you're not going to take that away from that. That was the one good bit about Obama's uh, press conference was mm-hmm. where he got – he said, well, you know. They want to talk about repealing health care, but when we start calling them on the specifics of it, really, you're going to take away someone's right to carry their college student on their insurance policy? You're going to take that away now. You're going to take away uh, mm-hmm. better access to pharmaceuticals for seniors. You're going to take away health care, community health care centers for, that are in your district. You're going, to ta- yes. you're going to shut those down, really. You know, no, you're not. You know, that's just... That's just baloney. So that's uh, that's a lot of noise. I want to say one good thing that happened this week in the uh-huh. media. And uh-huh. and first of all, let's let's reiterate that our two goals are mm-hmm. reforming the media, campaign finance reform, which you know the Fair Elections Act was something mm-hmm. that the only way that that's going to get any traction, I'm afraid, uh-huh. is if we appeal to xenophobia. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which is fine. I don't mind writing a letter to my to the editor of my paper saying foreign money. Mm-hmm. The Republicans are allowing China to buy American elections. Yes. Hello. That's a that's very, that fits on a bumper sticker. So fits on a bumper work. sticker. So there you go. Uh-huh. Um, the, but media reform and Andrew Breitbart got 
fired. Yes, he from did. Working, having anything to do with ABC's election coverage, they finally <laughs> tossed up their hands. Yes. And Jay Rosen from uh, New York University had a wonderful article uh, at PressThink.org uh-huh. about about this whole thing and explaining what happened. But his his summation was. You know, yeah, there's hostility to mainstream media on the left and the right, but the right really wants to destroy mainstream media. They don't want coverage of, you know, this is Sharon Engel running away from the reporters and saying, I'll talk to you after the, after I'm elected to the Senate and thinking that that's okay. And I, Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, Christine O'Donnell as well, avoiding the press. And I, it gives me great hope. I know you and I had a big argument this week about whether Sarah Palin's running for president. And yeah. you, you think she is, and I think she isn't. Yes. But this, if she has any brain at all, and we're not going to debate that, mm-hmm. <laughs> watching what happened with Sharon Engel and Christine O'Donnell and the backfiring of not talking to the media uh-huh. in those instances because it made them look like cowards. Well, yes, but. <laughs> yes, okay. but. Go ahead. You know, what did, what did Republicans learn from Nixon's, from Watergate? They learned to burn the tapes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what did they learn from, um, George Bush's, you know, debacle? Just keep denying everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the Republicans always learn the ugliest lesson from every outcome. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the, and how do you, what's, what's the great barrier to, um, getting more people elected on our stupid agenda that americans are too smart great let's make everybody stupider yeah let's lower the collective iq of the country to the point where people will start voting republican on a regular basis Mm -hmm. and now we have an electorate who are either completely disinterested half of them or half of the half that are left are completely brainwashed yeah are not capable of of doing simple arithmetic or figuring out where their best interests lie great mission accomplished so what the problem with the press is well, just, you know, Sharon Angle points the way. It's like she, she said clearly, you know, she, her great sense of saying out loud. want the media to be our friend so that I can raise money yes. during every interview I have with Sean yes. Hannity. I go on Sean yeah. Hannity and I raise a million dollars. Yeah. And that's, and, and she really thinks that's the purpose of the media. The media and, is and there so to Christine deliver her O'Donnell. message. I've got, sure. I've got Sean Hannity in my back pocket, so just be careful of me. Sure. You know. And, and so the, the answer to their how problem is. How does it feel? Is, how does it, hey, Sean Hannity, how does it feel to be mm-hmm. the pool boy for these, uh, Right-wing those, candidates, you know. As long as those, well, Sean Hannity is a is a stooge. Yeah, that's his job. He's a well-paid, lying, yeah. you know, you know, ass-licking stooge. Yeah, and that's his job. And as long as those yeah. checks keep clearing, he has no problem doing that. Yep. So you know, it's like wow, you know, the the forty pounds of crap that they've dumped in your mouth so far, mm-hmm. that's fine. But this little additional nibble is going to cause you a problem. Yeah, no, right. Sean Hannity eats shit for a living yeah. and gets yeah. well-paid for it. Mm-hmm. So you just you simply. It was painful for him to argue with Karl Rove on that, though. Yeah, you well, could tell. It was like, I don't know what to do now. Because I'm supposed to say, yes, yes, and eat Karl Rove shit all day long. And I'm supposed uh-huh. to eat Christine O'Donnell shit. And Karl Rove's telling me not to eat Christine O'Donnell shit. And I don't know what to do. <laughs> I hate it when mommy and daddy <laughs> fight. It's, it's all very confusing when you don't have a brain of your own. Yeah. Well, and there's no memo to cover that at Fox yeah. News. But yeah. by this time next year, there will be. There will be, yeah. And that's the point. You know, They have created a completely separate media yeah where you can lie from six in the morning until six at night mm-hmm. all day long and mm-hmm. you'll never be penalized for it 
ever. No one will ever call you on. They've created a separate reality. Well, it's in it's which, a script. You can't stray from the yeah. lying script, but you can I'll, lie. This, you can read and, the lying script. Be, yeah, and you'll be well paid for it. Yeah, you know, evil always pays really well. And so the the lesson I think that the Sharon Angle. Uh, certain angles of the future or, or Sarah Palin is never to stray, you know, you know, never get off the ship, never get off the boat, man, never get off the fucking so, boat. So beyond you know, never- Hannity and this is the problem I had this week with Sarah Palin is Sarah Palin was on Hannity. Sarah Palin was on Fox and Friends. Sarah Palin was on whatever mm-hmm. Fox show she was on. And, and then Chris Matthews has Sarah Palin on tape. On tape. Now, here's what Sarah Palin said about the election. And they play a clip of Fox News. And she never has to go on Chris Matthews to have a platform on Chris Matthews. Now, I think there needs to be, if she does run, the the media needs to get on, the the non-Fox media needs to get on board and say, if she's not speaking in the in the wider media, if she's going to just have this right. little safe island of Facebook and Fox to she's speak from, she's embargoed, and we will read what she says uh-huh. with a picture of her, but we are not yes. going to allow her personality and lively eyebrows and all of that on to come team, on yeah. our show because yeah. we well. we understand that as a candidate she needs to be part of the debate, but we're going to run her words on a cryon on the right. on the screen and read them. And we're not going to run clips from Fox because she is embargoing us, and therefore we're going to embargo her. And do you you think any of the other GOP candidates are going to be required to – are going to find it necessary? To stray off the Fox reservation? To attack her for isolating herself. You know, I I think that, first of all, if the news business were in the business of news, then what you just said makes perfect sense. Yeah. But they're not. They're in business of ratings and making money. Yeah, okay. And as long as showing her, flashing her eyes and flashing her tits and saying giggly, crazy things mm-hmm. um, makes news, they're going to point a camera at it no matter and, what and you say ratings, or do. No matter, yeah, it, yeah. it gets ratings. So you know, this is the assumption that David Gregory is any less of a whore than Sean Hannity, Hannity is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he just owns it on a different network and he plays by a different set of rules. But he's as, he's as complete a big media trollop yep. as Karl Rove ever was. Yep. So, you know, the idea that they're gonna they're gonna suddenly wise up and get healthy and stop playing this stupid game is I don't think is it ever gonna happen. And I think that the geniuses at Fox News who who coach their candidates mm-hmm. very yeah. well have come up with the perfect Sarah Palin formula, which is never answer any question. Yeah. Never, just never answer a question. You know, no matter what the question is, I love the American people and Jesus and these socialists are destroying America. Thanks, Sean. Yeah. And that's it. No matter mm-hmm. what the question is, the answer is, you know, just just stick to the line. You know, <laughs> I mean, the the, uh, the bit from uh, In the Loop, which I know you and I have both seen, where Malcolm uh, Tucker is lecturing his just toe the fucking line, man. And, you know, who pioneered this was Newt Gingrich. Yeah. Newt Gingrich yeah. taught. A whole generation of, of Republican freshman congressmen, every time you get in front of a microphone, say the following words in the following order. Democrats are socialists. Democrats are traitors. Democrats are cowards. No matter the question, no matter the issue, just keep saying it over and over again because the people we're trying to reach are the low information, low IQ, knuckle-dragging imbeciles who will respond to you being attacked for being a liar by hating the media, yep. not hating you. Mm-hmm. 
they already think the media is controlled by Jews and liberals anyway. So they don't really care. No matter what you do, you'll, you'll never go wrong insulting a reporter. Yeah, yeah. And so the formula is really clear. If you, to, to pump your propaganda out, go on Fox. Mm-hmm. And then go on debates and pretend to answer questions by simply answering whatever the hell question you want to answer. And never stray off your message. Yeah. And be perky and smile and call people – you know, bad Americans and socialists, and we're just trying. We just love, just keep but saying. But then, we what love happens so with much. that? And and this is, you know, this is the the once a year when I actually agree with Pat Buchanan. Pat, <laughs> is it that day already? It's that day of the year. Pat Buchanan said, "Look, if if the candidates who want to be president that are not Sarah Palin aren't going to call her out on this, then there's no stopping her." Yes. And, and that was your original question. Yeah, which is what, what is what is Mitt Romney? And now I do think there is an exception here with Huckadoodle, with Mike Huckabee, because yeah. yeah. he can just come into Iowa and say, God bless you. And, yes. you know, the evangelicals will vote for him and not feel at all guilty. You know, that, as I've said before, they'll be sure. able to sleep at night knowing Jesus loves them. But but, but Huckadoodle Huck- does not look good at fuck me pumps. <laughs> That's, well, that's the problem. He, well, does not I mean, he doesn't good. exactly, exactly, and that that is part of the problem. I I do have a little bit of faith in Iowa in that, not in, in the intelligence of the Iowa, Iowa GOP base, mm-hmm. but in the sense that Iowa doesn't like inevitability trains. That's true. And if there's a sense that oh, Sarah Palin, she's just the inevitable nominee, they're oh, going to oh, punk, oh. puncture a hole in that balloon right quick. Mm-hmm. Just on principle, because that's what they like to do. Yeah, but uh, but other, but other, other than, than Mike, that, I, I agree with you completely. That's but other than Mike Huckabee, yeah. The minute Mitt Romney takes a step in her direction, because the the first mm-hmm. somebody on the right yeah. who's a candidate is going to have to say the dirty word that no one wants to say, which is Sarah Palin is no Not fucking qualified, qualified exactly. to be president or anything. And right. the, and and if the minute Mitt Romney says that, she's going to say. Mitt Romney, socialist, Massachusetts, Taxachusetts, Mitt Romney, you mean that Mitt Romney? Elitist. Elitist, Elitist. with no common sense. It's that weird yeah. religion and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and his, and, you know, he put through that socialist health care in Massachusetts yeah. and, you know, yeah. he, and, and, and the base who are reprogrammable yeah. mm-hmm. pig people will eat him alive. Yeah. And yep. all she has to do is do what she does to everybody else, call him a socialist, call yep. him a commie, call him you know, disloyal, a bad American, and a bad Christian. And, well, and I don't and have Fox much hope for Mitt Romney at all because he doesn't draw a paycheck from Fox News. Right. So right. He's not you approved. Know, he's not, not approved. approved. Yeah, it's really he's, – he's an outsider. He's yes. an outsider, unlike <laughs> Rick Santorum. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, and, and, I look forward to 2012. I really do. Yeah. You can sort of see where this is going. Yeah. And there are ways to turn this around. So let's let's give people some hope out there. You know, well, this is, and this, I do think the big winner Tuesday night was Barack Obama. I'm sorry. Yeah. I really feel that way. That he now and John, has. Well, and John because McCain. We're, it's always good and John him. McCain. Yeah. We, we always, we are not, you know, you and I have kind of jumped the shark here by talking about Barack Obama and the problems yeah. that that White House has. Uh-huh. You know, lots and lots of progressives now are just freaking out about Speaker Boehner and Mitch McConnell and how much we hate them. We now have uh-huh. people to hate again <laughs> you know, and, and someone else to blame as opposed uh-huh. to the Democrat. You know, the blue dogs were cut in half. The yep. blue dogs were cut in half yep. on Tuesday I got to say, I, that was that was something Blanche I'm Lincoln, very... out of there. You know, it's it's uh, 
That's good news for John McCain too. <laughs> yeah, but but Russ Feingold gone. Yeah, and that's sad. And, and Alan Grayson gone. gone. It's very yeah. sad. And I don't think we've seen the last of either one of those two guys. No. They they keep their orange bats underneath the podium. <laughs> you know, they're smart enough not to put it over their shoulder. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But no, I I think I don't think you've seen the last of Russ Feingold by a long shot. But no. And there's another chief of staff candidate if he ever wants yeah. the job. Yeah. Yeah. You know, put Russ Feingold in charge. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, there's this is this is one of those problems that's solvable. Mm-hmm. This is not a problem that is insoluble. This is a problem that can only be solved by people in the White House talking like liberals, getting up every morning and not being ashamed to be a liberal. Yeah. And if you know, if they are, they're going to lose. You know, yeah. if if they're apologetic, they're going to lose. And yeah. if if Barack Obama keeps insisting. That all he has to do is be more accommodating and more polite and more courteous and pull the chair out further for people who want to set him on fire and watch his political career crash and burn. Then, you know, then he's then then 2012 is over. Yeah, we want ah. to thank our listeners and yes, and keep the faith. And as I and said gonna- to one person today, you know, it's never too late to vote a vote of confidence no. for the Professional Left podcast. No. You can give us five bucks at our website. The polls, the website. polls are always open. The polls are always open. Uh-huh. Uh, we really appreciate those $5 contributions every once in a while. If you have five bucks, and I know how hard times are, but uh, at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, there's an opportunity for you to chip five bucks in the hat to keep uh-huh. us going to make this weekly podcast viable. We really uh-huh. appreciate your help. Uh, we also have a archive free player at our website where you can listen for free to past episodes. Mm-hmm. We have an email address, and we're getting very close now to our Thanksgiving episode, where mm-hmm. we're going to read your emails on the air. And we've had a lot of good emails. I've got a, a pile here, and we're lo- really looking forward to doing that. Uh, mm-hmm. Our email address is proleftpodcast at gmail.com. That goes into both of our email boxes. Uh-huh. And uh, we love reading your emails, and we're, we try to reply as quickly as we can. So feel free to write us. And that's Blue Gal's way of saying that she's a much better correspondent than I am. So. <laughs> Well, sometimes so you, you were ahead of me on a few of them this week, but yeah, well, you it's know. Uh, you know, and 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 we save the the really long political discussion things for mm-hmm. <laughs> for Drift Glass. You get, yes. people, if you write fifteen paragraphs, Drift Glass will get back to you in a week. Yes, here here's twenty links and at least one book by Robert Heinlein you should read. Yes, yes. And I just always refer someone back to since we have almost a year of archives. Oh yeah, yeah we, we covered do. that back in February. Here, go we listen do. to this half hour. And we're, usually, you know, oftentimes we have. That's true. We're within striking distance of our. And and one thing I want to talk to uh, Blue Gal offline about is sponsorship. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've talked to some uh, some uh, podcast people and some other expert people, and you know, we should really start talking about. Uh, Having this program sponsored by some, you know, some some uh, losing candidates, if uh, Force Claypool or Alan Grayson or or uh, Alexi Janoulias, I know you have a bank in your family, you got money there. Want to throw a couple of bucks our way to have us mention, you know, your fine products? Uh, you know, you really should get all of your uh, all of your derivative instruments. Not, not Alexi a Janoulias. career politician, but yeah. a great pawnbroker. <laughs> We'd be happy to do that. Yeah. So anyway, on that note. On that note, uh, I'm going grocery shopping af- after that we record this podcast, and the first uh-huh. thing I wrote down was gerbil food. <laughs> the downstate gerbil needs her kibble. Damn it. 
And just in case anybody's out there is interested, the Internet Kitties yeah. had a wonderful election night. Oh, they did. They stayed, they stayed up all night going, die, blue dogs, die. <laughs> podcast is produced under a Creative Commons license, copyright 2010, Driftglass Blue Gal Podcast.